0: This is Digital Story Podcast number 926, December 19th, 2023. Today's theme is Five Photography Things I'm Thankful For in 2023. I'm Derek Story. As we bring a tumultuous 2023 to a close, photography has once again been my island of sanity. It's a place where I can focus on the positive, create beauty, and share in the success of others. As I look back on the year, there are five things that stand out, and I'm going to discuss each one of them on today's TDS Photography Podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank goodness for photography. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I've thought that over the past year. And I have a few reasons why, five of them to be exact, why I'm thankful for this craft that we participate in, we share with each other, and we share a mutual adoration for. So let's start out with the five things that come to mind first for me. The launch of the Live View Photography publication. When a handful of us from the TDS community got together and debuted LiveView. It put me back in the editor seat for the first time since my O'Reilly media days. Now I was an online publication editor for O'Reilly for nine years. And that's where I really learned the trade, the online editor part, and I loved it. I loved the work there. I loved working with the folks at O'Reilly. And since I've been on my own, of course, I've had the podcasts and I've had many, many projects. But this is the first time in a while where I've been the editor for a publication on someone else's platform, and I love it. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. And a big part of the reason why is because we really decide how we're going to run this thing, how we're going to run a live view. Now, if you haven't been to live view, there's a link to it in the show notes. It's on the medium platform. And we have a handful of writers, good staff, a dozen writers, they're photographers and many of them, you would recognize their name because they're inner circle members. Uh, You may have met them at a workshop. Uh, it's really kind of cool. And if you go to the live view page and the link again is in the show notes and it's just medium.com slash live hyphen view. You'll see on the get info page, you'll see a list of all the contributors that we have for this thing. Now we, we publish about two to three articles a week. This week we have four articles. We have everyone's uh, excited about writing this week and so we have some last minute entries as well but every week we have at least two articles and sometimes as i said like this week we've got four and they're good we go through a whole vetting process you know one thing that i think is different about live view the publication compared to some of the other publications on medium.com is that we have a separate area. We have a group on Derek Story Online, a Live View Writers Group, and we share ideas. We put up drafts and get comments on them. Uh, We have discussions about uh, topics that we want to write about or that others want to write about. And it's really a great place for us to get the creative juices flowing or to get feedback before an article goes live to the general public. And because of this area that we have, uh, it really builds camaraderie. And it's a great place to be able to hang out with other writers, much like the inner circle is a place where we get to hang out with other photographers. And I'm going to talk about that in a bit since our debut in April of 2023, we have published more than 90 top quality articles. I mean i feel like our contributors are as good as anyone online and i'm really proud of the work that they've done in 2023 and i'm optimistic about what's coming in 2024. live view the publication and the people that are working with me on it definitely a photography highlight for me in 2023. next item the full return of in-person photography workshops. We started to inch our way back in 2022, but it was nerve wracking. Finally, in 2023, we're able to convene without masks and antibody tests. And this doesn't mean that COVID has left us, not by any stretch of the imagination, but I think we're learning how to live with it, protect ourselves, and still enjoy community activities that's the change that i've noticed in 2023 is that we're figuring out how to live with covid how to take care of ourselves and you know hopefully diminish our chances of contracting it but yet still live our lives and all three in-person workshops in 2023 were fantastic. I enjoyed each one so very, very much. I mean, really enjoyable events. And it felt good for us to be able to get into a car and drive to a photo site without masks. It felt good, you know, not to have to go through all the protocol that we had in 2022. And it just felt good not to have to think about it so much. And by extension, We were able to focus more on hanging out with each other, more on camaraderie, more on sharing pictures and stories. There was definitely a different vibe in 2023. And boy, did it feel good. (laughs) Boy, does it feel good to have us in that position to where we can look out for each other, take care of ourselves, but at the same time, get back to work, get back to in-person workshops and get back to spending time with each other out in the field. Now, I should mention that in the show notes, I have a link to everything I'm talking about. So I have a link to live view in the show notes. And I also have a link to our upcoming workshops in 2024 here in the show notes. You know this already. It's a detail that I always try to take care of for every podcast. All right, number three. This one might surprise you a bit, but boy, did it bring a smile to my face. Adobe finally opens up Lightroom to local folders. Now the problem with the app formerly known as a Lightroom creative cloud was that it was tied to the cloud and that just drove me nuts. Well, finally this year, and I'm talking about just recently, Adobe took the handcuffs off Lightroom, letting us use it for pictures on our local drive. Now this changed everything for me because I have an area of my drive where I have all my picture folders and I organize them by month and date and name and they're there. And so the masters are there. So I can tap those masters from DxO PhotoLab, from ON1, from Lightroom classic, but now I can tap them from Lightroom, the new Lightroom. And it's super easy and it's super efficient yet when I work on a batch of images and there's a couple that I want to send up to the cloud, they make that super easy as well. So finally, Lightroom, the modern version of Lightroom is ready to work with my way that I like to do things. And I think it's a fun app. I like it. I know some folks prefer Lightroom Classic because it has a lot of extra tools. But the fact is that Adobe's been working on Lightroom, the newer version, they've been working pretty hard on it. And it has a lot of tools, too. And it gets a lot of the new stuff, such as Lens Blur, you know, which is a brand new tool that's just absolutely fantastic. And I like it because a lot of times I'll use Lightroom when I'm testing a new camera because Adobe's so good at having those RAW profiles ready before everyone else. So now I've got a whole set of tools. I can test those RAW files. They look great, but I don't have to disrupt my whole workflow to do it. So this was a big deal for me. They finally opened up Lightroom to local folders and then There's a bunch of other, uh, new things with this update. Of course, I have the link to the article about it in the show notes, but this definitely made the second half of my 2023. Thank you Adobe for doing that. Number four, Nikon releases the ZF and you probably had a feeling that this was going to make my list, but let me tell you a little bit about why, because I'm a film photographer as well. I have lots of vintage glass that I want to use on digital bodies. And the bulk of that vintage glass is Nikon. Nikon F-mount's going way back. I have all the different generations of Nikon lenses because I have quite a few Nikon film bodies as well. Now, the thing about using those lenses on digital bodies, I want to use them on a full frame digital body because I want to use them at their native focal length. So for instance, the Olympus Pen-F, another camera that I absolutely adore, I can get an adapter and put those lenses on there. But then suddenly a 35 millimeter f2.5 Nikon lens becomes a 70 millimeter lens. And I really want to shoot it at 35 millimeter. The 50 millimeter becomes a hundred millimeter and on it goes. So I really want to shoot these lenses at their native focal lengths, not with a cropped sensor. So that I have to do this math in my head and that I end up shooting on the longer end of things when Often I like shooting on the wider end of things at the same time There wasn't a full-frame mirrorless body that was calling to me. I mean, they're great Uh, I like what all the manufacturers are doing. Sony's doing a great job. Canon's doing a great job Nikon With its um, Z8 is doing a great job. I mean, they're all doing great jobs, but None of those are cameras that I really want. Remember, I'm shooting my travel and event photography with an OM-1. I'm shooting my street photography with the X100V, the Fujifilm X100V. So I'm kind of in that realm. And I wasn't seeing a camera on the full frame market that sang to me. Then Nikon released the ZF. And I have read everything about this camera, read an interview with the designer who I think is absolutely brilliant and what they did with the ZF that impressed me so much was instead of saying, okay, how many things can we leave off this camera and still charge $2,000? The attitude was how many things can we pack into this camera for $2,000? And that's really what it feels like when you pick this up. Now it has the look and feel that I want. My vintage lenses look fantastic on it. And then, you know, depending on how old they are with the D series and the G series, I get XF uh, data as well and programmed exposure and all that good stuff. It's really fun for me to use. And I appreciate what Nikon has done here, but I really appreciate how well they've done it. So now I have the ZF for my mix and match personal projects that complements my OM-1 and complements my X100V. I'm very happy, and this was definitely a highlight. And finally, number five, the blossoming of our online community. So we've had the inner circle for a while now, but 2023 was the year that this group reached critical mass and became the vibrant online community that I had always hoped it would. Every day I check our inner circle space on Derek's story online to see what's going on and what people are talking about. And my vision was always to provide a safe place for photographers and artists to interact without the distraction of questionable ads or flame throwing malcontents. But you need a certain number of people for that community to take off and have that vibrancy that you want. You know, it may be safe and you may not have any malcontents in there, but if you don't have conversation, it doesn't work. And in 2023, we hit that point finally, where every day when I tune into the site, I can see something that's going on. Uh, There are pictures being shared. There are questions being asked. There are discussions about topics that I'm interested in initiated by other members. It's just a lot of fun. And this is the year that I felt like our inner circle space on Derek story online really became what I had always hoped it would, which means now that we've reached that point, 2024 is going to be even more exciting. And I really want to thank our inner circle members, not only for, you know, supporting the community, but being active community members on our online space and contributing their thoughts, their pictures, everything that they do for making this a place that no matter where we live, as long as we have an internet connection, we can connect with each other. That is a big smile on my face in 2023. Now, of course, there are other things in the world of photography and work that have made me smile in 2023. But these five things really have risen to the top. And it hasn't escaped my attention that this community is at the heart of much of this. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate the group of folks that we have that follow this podcast, that show up uh, on our Inner Circle site, that come to our workshops, our online workshops, our physical workshops, those contributions That is at the heart of so much of what I'm talking about here. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. And I just wanted to let you know that you all, you guys, gals, and everyone else have made my 2023 a good year, despite all the weird stuff that's going on around us. We have this, we have this community, and I'm absolutely thrilled about it. Luminar Neo adds generative expand to its trio of new AI tools. And you can read this entire article on fstoppers.com. I have a link in the show notes. Skylum has completed its trilogy of new generative AI tools with the addition of generative expand. The company has already released gen erase and gen swap. The company says this new gen erase tool Empowers users to break free from traditional aspect ratios and add a new dimension to their original compositions. With GenExpand, you can effortlessly extend the boundaries of your photos, whether you're creating panoramic landscapes for vast mountain ranges, serene lakes, etc., or you want to give your favorite images more breathing room to stand out against a beautifully balanced background. Adobe offers something similar in Photoshop. And before that they had content aware fill that accomplished something similar, but without advanced AI, the result could often be unsatisfying because the technology repeated parts of the images found to complete the fill. So that is kind of the setup there. Now I'm going to go down to near the end of the article. These last three paragraphs are sort of the summary. And then there's a lot of detail, uh, in between. If you really want to learn more about this, here are the last three paragraphs. The technology seems interesting, but not very usable on higher resolution images. My image experiments were using a Sony a seven IV, And I saw these effects on multiple images, mostly taken outdoors. Now I'll repeat. I was on a beta and the release version may be better. If this review needs follow-up, I'll provide one. I also think that part of this lower resolution problem is related to having potentially thousands of people hammering on rendering servers at the same time and companies limiting bandwidth. Still, that's a problem for the people who offer the feature to solve. If I'm going to use this technology on occasion I want the best possible image quality. And finally, I would expect and hope as the technology gets better, we'll see better results. Luminar Neo is a capable image editor and Skylum has had their fair share of pioneering efforts. So I don't mean to overly criticize Skylum. I use Neo all the time in my landscape work and it's an excellent product. I appreciate their pushing the boundaries, which they often do. I just don't think Gen Expand is a home run yet, but it will be useful to some photographers in less demanding use cases. In my examples, the images look pretty good at one X, but anyone looking closely will see the problems. So I think that's a helpful review. I have Luminar Neo, but I don't have all the plugins and I don't have this suite of AI plugins for it. And I think. What I'm going to do after reading this review is just sort of wait and see what happens over the next few months. There's going to be updates. There's going to be more reviews. There's going to be all sorts of stuff. And when the time is right, then I'll investigate purchasing those plugins. And that's part of the reason why I like to cover these stories on the podcast. Sometimes it comes down to timing. The products are good and they'll eventually be very good but there is a timing issue when they go from good to very good feels like we're not quite to very good yet with these ai tools from skylum but i have a feeling we will get there i'll keep you posted i talked a little bit about our workshop season earlier and how happy i was to have in-person workshops seem normal again right Uh, One thing I wanted to mention, we have a full complement of online and in-person workshops for 2024. And if you need a last minute gift, then I have gift certificates. I can do them in any amount. All you have to do is send me an email to dstory at gmail.com. Let me know for what workshop and for how much And then I can generate the certificate for you and then send you back a PDF that you can print out right away. An excellent last minute gift for the photographer in your life. What did iOS 17.2 do to my iPhone 15 pro camera? Did the 5X telephoto get better? This is a question that I have heard. Uh, quite a bit lately. And I wanted to know the answer myself. And digitalcameraworld.com has the answer. And I have a link to the article in the show notes. Let me read you a little bit of it right now. And then you can go there for the rest of it. Apple's latest update for the iPhone, iOS 17.2, boasted some headline changes. But perhaps the most interesting for photographers is the improved telephoto camera focusing speed. The other big photography feature is support for taking spatial video. Neither of these will garner the most attention though. The biggest new software change is the arrival of the Journal app, a new app to reflect on everyday moments and life's special events, which might also be of some interest to those looking to better integrate their photos with words they write and GPS data from hikes in the hills, For example, and I'm going to stop there for just a second. Uh, I've already looked at the new journal app and it looks very good. And I'm already thinking about ways that I can integrate it uh, with my photography in 2024. I might be doing a podcast on that, so stay tuned. But I am interested in this notion of combining apps like this with our photography to make a more full-bodied Experience and recollection of the work that we've done. All right, back to the article. Back to the camera. One of the best features that goes unnoticed by most users of the iPhone is its LIDAR, a distance sensor that also helps the focusing system stay very fast. This doesn't work at longer distances, however. Similarly, the telecamera doesn't boast 100% focus pixels, which the wide and main cameras have. So it's the weakest of the three when it comes to focusing, though still one of the best camera phones even before this update. Apple specifically describes the iOS 17.2 focus speed improvement as kicking in when capturing small, far away objects on iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone 15 Pro Max. And I've got to say that it does feel quicker in lower light and otherwise, though I have to admit, to no idea what is meant by a small object. I've tried this on my iPhone 15 Pro Max with this 5X camera, but the improvement will also affect the 3X camera on the iPhone 15 Pro. So there you have it. When you hear, you know, just in general terms, some sort of improvement to the telephoto lens on the 15 Pro and Pro Max, what they're talking about is solving this focusing problem or this focusing challenge i should say for the telephoto lens and it sounds like they have a good solution i have 17.2 on my iphone right here and uh you know so if i fire up the camera and if i go to photo and i go to five because i have the 5x and i'm in low light here and i try to focus It really does feel like it's faster. Now the thing you always have to wonder with these updates is, is it really focusing faster or do I just think it's focusing faster? I don't really know, but right now I will tell you, it seems to be focusing faster as I tap on these objects. I think it's an improvement and I'm happy that was part of the 17.2 update. Okay, let's take care of below virtual camera club news. I want to mention the Nimble Photographer Newsletter that comes out every Thursday. Every Thursday, this newsletter comes out. It's free, it just shows up in your inbox, and it gives me a chance to talk about things that happened after the podcast or that I didn't have time to include in the podcast or just something completely different that comes to my mind on Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> you never, never really know where these ideas come from. But it's a terrific newsletter, and I think you enjoyed. it. If you're not subscribing already, there's a link to it in the show notes. You can go to thenimblephotographer.com. You can go to Substack and search on the Nimble Photographer newsletter. Even on the digital story, I have a link. So you really can't miss it. And I hope you sign up and join us. And if you do, I'll keep you even better informed. I promise. A huge thanks to our inner circle members i've given them a little airtime already today so i won't go on too much right now other than to say that i appreciate the folks that support this podcast you notice how few ads we have on this podcast i don't have to talk about things that i just don't want to talk about and that you don't want to hear and a lot of that is because of our inner circle members who help support this community and keep those unsavory ads off the air. If for no other reason, you should thank them for this. And at some point you may even want to contribute to the goodness. That's the inner circle. Thank you, inner circle members for everything you've done in 2023. And I look forward to a great 2024. If you want to learn more about joining, just click on the Patreon tile. That's on every page of the digital story. And I hope you become a part of this great group next year. And finally, a huge thanks to our friends at Red River Paper. We have one more session to go for our online inkjet printing workshop. People are commenting on our workshop site that they are really getting a lot out of this event and a big part of the reason why they're getting a lot out of it is because Red River Paper has been sharing this knowledge, this information, their experience with us. And then I'm taking that information. I'm shaping it into a lesson plan, you know, built in with my experience and what I've learned over the years. And it's a powerful partnership. And that's what Red River Paper is for our community. They are partners. They support this podcast month in and month out. They also provide us with whatever we need in the world of inkjet printing. And they're always there for us and that to me that's a partner that i like having thank you so much red river paper for a great 2023 and i look forward to working with you in 2024 if you want to get your inkjet printing mojo on just click on the red river paper tile that's on all the pages of the digital story take a look at what they have to offer and start printing out some beautiful artwork in your home or studio and i also want to mention they have a wonderful facebook page at facebook.com red river paper all right it's going to do it for me this week i hope you enjoyed the show for those of you that have holidays coming up or who are in the middle of your holiday season right now i hope photography is part of that holiday memory making I'll be back with more great stuff next week. Until then, be safe. Happy holidays. See you next Tuesday. Bye-bye now.